Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Tim Sun of Sun Fitness as well as District Barbell, coming to you in the northern part of Virginia. Tim, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Uh, doing very well. You know, I had a good little break in my day to get on this call, so happy to go. chat in between clients, so very Nothing fun. like a nice little afternoon podcast to cap off a Monday. Tim, anyway, we're here to talk business, first and foremost. We've mm-hmm. got two to talk about, and so plenty to dive in, um, but first and foremost, tell us a little bit about Sun Fitness. For the people who aren't familiar with you or your brand, what is Sun Fitness? How do you describe this thing? Sure. Yeah. We're a mobile personal training company. So we come to you in your home. So we do a lot of that in-home training or we go into offices. Um, we partner a lot with physicians in the area too. So we work with a lot of the chronic disease population, but we do work with plenty of other varieties of clients, you know, uh, from athletes to busy professionals. We come in home to work with you. But we also have District Barbell, which is a space where we do train a lot of clients at personally too. So besides that, we do online training. Um, we do nutrition coaching. We did a little bit of everything. So yeah, it's yeah, something uh, for everybody. Absolutely. For sure. Now I'm a big believer in context, Tim. And so I think how we got here is just important as where we're going for you. The idea of sun fitness, when did this come about? When did you think, Hey, I think I can, I can create this successful enterprise in the mobile personal training department. When did that idea spark for you? Actually, it sparked because of a client of mine. So I have plenty of clients who are entrepreneurs, plenty of clients who were, uh, you know, executives in, in their corporations. And oftentimes, as I was working at a big box gym, a lot of them were asking me, hey, what are the next steps for you? I mean, obviously, I think they viewed that I was going to you know, go further along within this field. And, I, um, and after that, I always told them, hey, I can either, you know, climb up the ladder of working you know, within the corporation I'm at, or I can start my own thing. And eventually as kind of pieces started going forward, one of them was really encouraging me to go on my own. So he asked me to come and he was an executive at his company. So he's asking me if I want to come and train his company. So I then uh, you know, invested in some equipment, brought out about thousand pounds into their conference room, uh, taught a bootcamp class over there. And since then this has been kind of can kept that, you know, that, uh, Kept that going basically. So, yeah. yeah. So, a couple of evolutions, right? It mm-hmm. wasn't originally, hey, we're going to do this as a mobile personal training company, mm-hmm. but a couple of benchmarks along the way led to where we are now. Mm-hmm. What about District Barbell? When did that all come about? Yeah, sure. So, I came into District Barbell as a, uh, a, a contractor, actually. Uh-huh. Um, one of my friends is uh, was the, uh, the full owner of District Barbell. Actually, District Bible has a bit of a longer history. They've been around also, I think, you know, around since like 2017, 2016. And it was a location also for multiple businesses too, uh, just like it is today. Um, not specifically just for personal trainers, but uh, there were a couple um, big Instagram um, influencers that were, uh, that, uh, that were part of that space. Um, it was a, the site of a clothing band, brand uh, in this area, and then it kind of evolved into a gym specifically just for personal trainers that run their businesses out of. Um, so then I got asked to come on board um, 
and um and and work uh and then see if i want to train clients out over there back in about 2019 so i sun fitness came about in 2018 where i was only doing in home and office um and then i then found an opportunity to train clients in a gym you know a private gym at yeah. that so then from there that's kind of how i got started with that yeah now the timing all of all of this tim is is fascinating because you had had a chance to build Sun Fitness, and then it would be irresponsible for us to avoid the topic of COVID and, and mm -hmm. everything that came with that. With this being mobile training or in-home training, were you as affected as many of the the brick and mortar gyms? Was this still a, a quite a challenge for you? Oh, absolutely. I think COVID was a it was tough navigating through that for everyone. You know, any business owner had trouble with that. But, you know, I actually surround myself with a lot of business owners, a lot of colleagues who own their own businesses, you know, not just in the personal training space. So I have colleagues that are all over in different fields. And the common thing that everyone talked about was, all right, how do we pivot? How do we keep going? You know, we just can't let COVID take control of our businesses. We have to do what we can to try to take control of the situation and keep things going. And so uh, I was very fortunate that I, uh, well, a lot of my clients are in that chronic disease space. A lot of them are uh, referred to me by friends of mine who are physicians. And so one of the physicians, I trained her mom. And so when I was, um, her mom was 94 year old, years old when I was training her at the beginning of the pandemic. And so when uh, the pandemic started, I was, uh, I was training her three times a week. And then she said, you know, her world's getting a lot smaller right now. How about we increase it to six times a week? You know, because when I first met her, she could maybe walk 30 steps in a session. And then she got up right. to doing 3000 steps in a session um, within a few months. So I think that had, uh, seeing that progress and being able to move more and seeing the like, you know, inevitable, you know, um, uh, I guess what she was going to see was that she was not, her mom was not going to be able to move very much anymore. So she wanted sure. to at least keep her moving six times a week for at least an hour and keep her going as much as she could. So, yeah, so that's kind of what held me over. And I was yeah. the only client I was seeing. I, I couldn't see any other wow. clients, you know? And so then when uh, things opened back up in Virginia, I started to see clients in person again. And then it kind of just, I expanded back out again. And then I was the only person of that team. And then from there, as I kept networking, as I kept doing things to kind of keep growing the business, I kind of gained a wait list. And I think I had about eight people on my wait list before I decided to bring two trainers onto my team. And so those two trainers helped me with that, that load, that demand. And so, yeah, things have been going very well since then. I have another two trainers on the team now. So there's a total of five of us. Okay. And so things are growing now that we have some normalcy and, and some semblance of operating at capacity things have taken off for you. It's interesting because it's sort of outside of the purview of brick and mortar fitness. How do you market this, Tim? What's been successful in terms of, of generating leads to sure. grow what you do? So actually, I, of course, you know, I do the typical, you know, I go on Instagram, postings up, social media. Sure. Everyone does that. And I think it's uh, silly if you don't just because it's a free platform that everyone, everyone can utilize. Um, but the biggest thing that's helped me is networking specifically. I network uh, a tremendous amount. I try to dedicate um, about two hours a week to formal groups where I am essentially going to, and I'm trying to essentially, they're all lead share groups. So what I'm doing is I'm going to this, uh, this, this meeting where there's all these other business owners in the area who are trying to market their businesses. And then from there, I, I talk about who we are, 
um, what we're looking for, what referrals we're looking for, and you know, they send me referrals. <laughs> so, so I, like Chamber of Commerce-esque, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Some, definitely something like in that category, at least. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And so, yeah, so I'm usually the only personal trainer on that. So that's typically okay. allows me to stand up quite a bit. Yeah, so carved a little niche for yourself in there. Mm -hmm. That's got to help. Uh, I want to pick your brain on the social media side of things. You mentioned everybody does that. Uh, but I think that without the luxury of having like a drive-by sign or being able to go to some sort of home base, we need to be even more focused on the digital side of things. And for you guys traveling, I'm sure that's the case. Is this man like are are you managing Sun Fitness social media accounts? Are each of the individual trainers managing their own? How does that how are we expanding that reach? Sure. Yeah. I actually manage the sole Sun Fitness account. You know, Sun Fitness uh, the Sun Fitness account is a combination of what I do with my clients, you know, things that my clients are gonna care about, even little things about like my own life. Um, but yeah, but then it's gonna be geared main a lot towards kind of like exercise, giving tidbits, giving different facts. You no, know, I haven't, I even have a little column called sun facts where I just kind of put out different, uh, different little tidbits about exercise and things you should be considering when you are doing ex different exercise programs. Got it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I handle that myself. So you're handling that. Have you ever put any kind of a budget behind actually paying to advertise that? Or is this entirely organic to this point? It's been entirely organic at this point. No, I think I utilize it. And actually, you know, I utilize it. I want to utilize it more if I possibly can and, and try to leverage that. And I know there's plenty of different services out there that you know, help to leverage your social media to be stronger and more attractive. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I want to, I mean, generating leads, you, you mentioned we've got this, this networking group that we use and, and drive referrals from there. But leads are just leads, Tim. At some point, we need to have a sales conversation and transition them into actual paying clients. Is that handled by the trainers? Is that handled by you? What is that process actually like? It is a combination and it depends on where the lead comes from. So if I have a, uh, I get a handful of inquiries every week for personal training. And so obviously I'm at a point where I'm maxed out. And so yeah. I, ha and so if it's with problems directly, to have, yep, absolutely. If it's, but let's say if I have the space to bring on a new client, then, you know, the, it's pretty seamless. Usually they're referred to me by a very good, a good friend, a good mm -hmm. reference. And that makes the whole sales process really easy and very seamless. Um, if I'm going to be transferring them to a trainer, I always try to really warm up that, that conversation, then make a really seamless you know, transition for the trainer to continue the conversation. And then we always provide a complimentary consultation you know it's hard to sell personal training if they don't really know what they're going to be getting right and i right. think that's kind of right, right, that's right. like standard practice with any personal training gym or service um but yeah so we uh so from there once we do the consultation then like oftentimes they might ask us questions beforehand about like you know what are we going to be getting what's the price so on and so forth what packages do you have and i'm very transparent whenever that conversation comes up and i think that's something they appreciate too and so from there they can either do personal training with us at our gym or in home or online and that just depends on on what they're looking for so i have a trainer for example who only does online um he specifically works with them through our personal training app and so he'll give them a plan 
he'll essentially be their accountability partner. And so that's kind of like, uh, we have a good mix of services we can provide. And so one, I, yeah. I have plenty who only do in-person, some who do actual combination of virtual and um, you know, virtual training and online training. And then I have one who only does online training. Sure, which makes this fun because we're no longer limited by proximity, right? We can train theoretically anybody with yeah. the resources that you guys have. You mentioned one thing that I want to pick your brain on. It's the idea of your schedule being pretty full. Mm -hmm. Do you think at any point in your future that you would take a step back away from training to be more of this kind of overseer, manager, CEO? Sure. Yeah. And I think there is a level of that occurring already at this point. Okay. Like, for example, one of my, um, like right now, I don't have a lot of turnover. Uh, a lot of my clients have been essentially lifelong clients since I've, I've gotten them, you know, mm -hmm. and no, it, and it, it makes for a very fun relationship. You know, we, we are, we're all friends and we're all very close. I think that relationships build business. And so if you invest time to really build a good quality relationship, you're going to have a client who wants to work with you uh, for life if they can, or if they want to, you know? And so uh, I, there's been moments where I've begun taking steps back. You know, like I have spots that are open in my day, even like right now, we're, we're chatting sure, on a Monday. Sure. Yeah, right now. Like, you know, like I, in the past, I, would, I was seeing clients at this time, but I had made a point when my schedule opened up. I said, you know what? I'm going to keep certain days as admin days where I can focus on networking and focus on doing different projects. And then this is a fun project for me. You know? Yeah. Like getting on a podcast. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your mentality there because we've had conversations with gym owners, trainers, whatever the role in the past. And by, by sort of nature of their own successes, paint themselves into a corner and then are somewhat trapped in they don't have any time to focus on activities that are actually going to move the business forward. They're just status quo training clients all day long. And so for you, that is already becoming more in your focus, at least. Let's explore kind of where this thing is going, Tim, because I think the fitness industry being as fluid as it is, there's any number of ways that you could take these businesses really where do you see the future of Sun Fitness and, and District Barbell? Sure. So with Sun Fitness specifically, I think a big focus right now is we want to continue to get our ourselves involved with more organizations. So we're actually involved with, with a couple of different foundations, a, diff, a few different organizations that are geared towards working with specific populations. Like I told you earlier that I, I specifically work with a lot with that chronic disease population. So um, we're in a couple senior organizations, some for Parkinson's specifically. I'm actually, we're getting involved with a stroke organization right now too, post-stroke. And so I think as we continue to open up that, that reach to be involved with more of these foundations, more of these groups, that essentially is going to allow us to uh, be able to help more people. And then, of course, then allow the business to grow. We do have more, uh, have more clients for trainers to go in-home. And of course, we have District Barbell as a location that they can all train their clients at um, if they wanted to have that area for more of that performance-based training too. Yeah. So that's kind of the goal for that. Um, and so essentially, yeah, more trainers. And from there, I continue to operate at District Barbell. Right. And, and so let's go hypothetical here for a moment. Mm -hmm. Say that, that we continue adding trainers. 
two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, where do you see yourself or, or your role within all of this? Sure. Yeah. Again, my big goal would be to continue doing business, um, the business generation um, is continuing to um, help grow that business in a, in a sense. And so you know, obviously I'll be taking a big step back from training. I'll probably right, only right, be training right. specific clients that, you know, either I'm very close with or clients I want to train by choice. And I'll have a bigger schedule to allow myself to just work on that business generation, you know, growing some fitness and getting more of my, uh, my trainers uh, different leads. And so that's essentially the big focus of what I want to go with this. Yeah. I think it's, it's a fascinating conversation because mm -hmm. it's far easier to do setting it up from the beginning than mm -hmm. the, the example that we just gave a moment ago where you have 12 yeah. hours of training clients back to back and, and then you try to take a step back. So I, I appreciate the fact that you're forward thinking enough already. I want to, I want to, close this out with one final question, Tim, and, and you've been doing this for a little while. So I think that this has value here. If you were starting over today, rebuilding your fitness business entirely, what would be the best advice that you could give to that new business owner, Tim, starting out today? Sure. I think the biggest thing that I would tell myself is follow up on every single lead possible and that that doesn't mean necessarily someone who is looking to be a client you know i like to look at um at just in business uh, and referrals i like to look at golden gooses and golden eggs that that kind of metaphor you know like obviously someone coming to you and looking for personal training directly is a golden egg right but then you want to look for someone who's going to continue giving you referrals all the time and that would be your golden goose and so i always try i would you never know where any conversation is going to go. I, I feel like there's been plenty of times where I've gone into a conversation and I was like, hey, this is probably not going to go anywhere. And then before I know it, I got a ton of business out of it, a ton of referrals, right. and it ended up being a very meaningful relationship. It may not be immediate, but it might be down the road. You know. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the biggest things I tell myself. And the other thing is make sure you manage your time well. And if you're doing mobile personal training, try not to be, be more strategic with, geography of saying like, okay, I'll take clients in this area to begin with. And then if I'm going to take more clients, then it has to be within the schedule of my day. Otherwise it's not a good fit. It's going to be detrimental to my time. Right. Yeah. It's uh, leave no stone unturned. If I could summarize what you just mentioned there, Tim, this has been a, a really, really helpful conversation. I always appreciate fitness business people and their, their willingness to contribute to the industry as a whole. And so I can't thank you enough. Before we sign out of here, why don't you give the people listening an idea of where they could learn a little bit more about this? Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Sure, absolutely. So two different things. So I, uh, I'm with Sun Fitness. And so from there, you can go onto our social media, Sun Fitness LLC. That's either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can also go onto our website, which is just www.sunfitnessllc.com. And you can kind of learn a little bit more about us over there. And also, you know, I'm affiliated with District Barbell. I'm one of the owners over there. And so that location is specifically for personal trainers within the DMV area, trying to train clients and have a have their own home base of operations. And so if you're interested in um, having a space, becoming more legitimate in the personal training world to, where you can bring clients to and have a large space where you can um, do many different types of movements, different types of training styles, you know, where a good one 
stop shop for that. Even yoga instructors and massage therapists um, uh, work with clients over here too. So we nice. do quite a bit. So yeah, District Barbell um, on Instagram and, so, uh, and Facebook is also a good place to look there for us go. there. So people listening, connect with Tim, Sun Fitness and District Barbell on all of the platforms he just listed. Like I said, I really appreciate your time here, Tim. I'm excited to see what the future of this holds because it sounds like you have a number of things still in the works and, and a lot of untapped potential. So we'll be watching and cheering you on from the sidelines. I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks a lot, Joe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Paul with Steel Vault CrossFit out of Massachusetts. Paul, how are you doing today? Happy Friday. What's going on? I'm doing good. It's great to be here. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're happy you're here. We're excited you're here. And look, we're super excited to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with Steel Vault. But before we do that, you know, I want to give you the opportunity here to one, give the viewers a little description on how you would describe Steel Vault CrossFit, right? If I came in, I'm like, hey, give me a little rundown of what you guys do here. How would you explain that? And if you can, tell us how you got started. So uh, Steel Vault CrossFit uh, is essentially a a smaller uh, CrossFit gym um, uh, with a lot of big ideas. I, um, I've coached for quite a while and I've uh, been a partner in another CrossFit gym. And while there, I kind of saw what worked, what didn't, and what people were craving and what people were not. So I've kind of designed the program of my gym around this. So what I do is uh, instead of trying to cram everything into that hour, I try to um, give my coaches the leeway to, to um, basically customize these workouts for the individual rather than just saying, this is what you're doing and that's it. And then what we also have is we've added on focus classes, which, which dive deeper into anything from the back squat to the Olympic lifts, to high skill movements, to, um, you know, to uh, monostructural cardio. And we make it so that uh, they can uh, work on what interests them the most and get better doing it. Because my coaches love coaching these movements. They love focusing on these things. They all come from different backgrounds. And that's primarily what makes uh, steel vault CrossFit different from what's around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. Completely. I love that. I love the explanation there. I think you have a, 
a sound explanation on what really does distinguish you guys. And that's important, right? I think to know the value you bring and to say that you're not a commodity, right? You really you guys aren't. You guys are bringing a lot more value there. So that's awesome. And it almost seems like you're you're working on the front lines there, you know, uh, which is which as an owner, you know, that's important, right? You should know more than anybody what's going on in the front end. So that's great. And so let's kind of dive right into it here, Paul, if that's cool with you. Um, you know, uh, I always like to ask, you know, how many members are you, are you guys serving currently? So I opened up two weeks ago and I have 46 members. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so um, for you guys, right. Uh, I mean, even coming out of pre-sale, was this a number where you guys want to start at or did you guys hit the goal? Did you overestimate, underestimate? How did that look like for you guys coming out of pre-sale? So I, uh, I wanted to start around 40 members um, because first of all, I, I knew that it being July is the worst um, time to open a gym, to be honest with you, <laughs> because um, uh, yeah, uh, people are on vacation. Uh, the kids are all, all there. So um, people usually don't sign up till August or September. Um, I wanted it so that I could play with the space before I started getting too big, you know, to know where to position people, where to, uh, how to run the classes. Cause if I had too many people, it would have been unwieldy or unmanageable. So, um, this has actually worked out fairly well. Nice. Yeah. And congratulations again to opening. I want to say that too. I don't think I said that prior, but congratulations for being open for two weeks. I mean, that's awesome. I and still take a leap of faith no matter what. Right. I mean, Oh, yes. Even if you like, you know, it's it's July. I mean, hey, to heck with it, right? You're still gonna make app, you still hit goal, right? That's all that right. really matters. So, right. um, and obviously, there's always room to grow, right? You didn't, you know, didn't take uh, what is it, Rome to be built overnight or whatever it is uh, yes. that I say. But you know, it takes time. It takes time. Perfection takes time. And so, now, um, what is that goal capacity, right? I mean, like, let's say leads, traffic, clients. Let's say you open mid, right in December, right when you know, you're ready, getting ready for the new year. What would be that number where you kind of be like, all right, you know, we have to stop right here. What's like the capacity line for you guys? Um, I'm guessing around 100 to 120 is where where the capacity would uh, be. Um, I would have to add more classes um, and, you know, uh, possibly rearrange different classes. Um, but I think that would be around where it would be. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's completely understandable. I think obviously in due time, I mean, you're, of course, you're going to expand to a point where you you will potentially need that. Um, and so do you think that with your marketing efforts, right? Because I, I say, for you know, let's take a step back even before your marketing efforts. What has worked well to get these people through the door? Right? To hit that 40, what was your 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 bread and butter, or your best method to get those folks through the door? To be honest, I, I didn't do much marketing. I um, A lot of them are... Uh, uh, loyal people from uh, the previous gym, um, okay. I would say probably 60%. And then uh, the others were just people driving by who saw the sign and, and started signing up. Um, I guess as I was building the gym, because it took about two months to build, um, I, I was putting out little teasers on Facebook and Instagram um, I was uh, letting people see the progress. Um, I, I, you know, had my Google business set up. I had my Yelp set up. I had, um, you know, uh, my website there. I had the name out there. Um, and so that started getting people um, interested. And, um, and then I was doing my pre-sale, um, which, uh, which was a pretty, it's like 18%, 20% off 
of a regular membership. And that started roughly a month before I opened and that sold out pretty well. So. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think um, that's always a good perspective, right? I mean, I think to highlight what you said, I mean, obviously word of mouth is always a big component, I think in any business and it will continue to be uh, a big component, no matter how strong technology forces us to innovate. I think, uh, you know, just trust from other people and communication that way. Make, hey, like, you know what? I know Paul very well and he's great at what he does. I've been there. I've experienced his service and you should go as well. I mean, it, 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 I think it's the easiest way to get someone to the door and, and to kind of confirm a sale, right? And you know you're going to convert 99% of the time if somebody comes in off of a referral because they trust the other person and in, in turn, they're going to trust you. And as, as soon as they see the value of what you're providing, that's it. And typically they usually do just by you know, your customer selling, selling you to them. So they do the job for you. So I think that's great that you, that you have such a good rep and a good name to kind of grow at that rate there too. And so um, now going forward though, uh, because obviously with how prominent social media has become, do you intend to use any social media going forward or what do you tend to be a big marketing source for you guys after pre-sale? So um, marketing has always been my weakest point. Um, when, when I was, um, I was more, more of a, I ran the coaches and everything else when I was a partner, um, and we had someone for the marketing. Um, so we, we've been working on, uh, you know, a lot of the Instagram stuff we've been working on, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Facebook getting ourselves out there in that fashion. Um, I haven't, I haven't, um, to be honest with you, I've delved uh, deeper into looking for the Google or or, or uh, the Yelp um, ads. But what I'm planning on doing is asking for uh, reviews from from a lot of my people for you know on the Google page on the on the Yelp, um, trying to get uh, those up there. I'm going to try to get um, more traffic to my website in order to get it so that it starts to kind of tick up and is one of the top picks of, of things, you know? Um, yeah. so that's, that's essentially what I'm going to try for. Um, I don't like print. Um, I don't like doing print and I, um, sure. you know, um, but I also, I'm on a very busy street, one of the biggest in my area. Um, um so having a large sign outside helps and, um, Agreed. you know, and, and it's, you know, it's right by a military base. It's right by where, where um, three towns intersect. So I'm hoping to be able to get most of these people driving by and say, Oh, I'd like to try that. Yeah, completely. And I think um, to kind of piggyback on what you've said, I mean, look, Paul, you're a fitness professional, not a marketing professional. I don't, I mean, I hope I didn't ask that question to kind of throw you off there, but, um, or you hope you don't feel that way. I'm sorry, but it's, you know, it's okay that you don't know how to use that digital marketing ass because you're not supposed to, right? I mean, it's, if that was the case, I don't think you'd be in this industry. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, I, I do think it, it, it's definitely, um, a, a, a good, a, a good component to, to compounding off of, um, word of mouth and other methods. Right. Uh, and, and it's just part using SEO tactics as well to, to rank higher. Again, that's going to work well because I think a lot of people use Google. I mean, I mean, how many times have you seen it? You go look for restaurants near me. You kind of skip the ones that are being paid for off the ads. Like, All right, I'm not going to yeah. go click on that one. But it's like, who's actually organically at the top? And at that point, okay, cool. I'm just going to click that person right there. And right. you go find that restaurant, whatever it may be. So uh, great concepts there. And I think that's a, that's a great direction to be going into. And again, I think the beauty about this is that you have a passion for fitness. You can always learn how to do digital marketing or 
pick up a book, right? I think that's a, one of the biggest things my, here. My wife has been diligently uh, working on it and trying to get, yeah. uh, you know, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good. You guys work with the team and it's the only way to grow. Right. Yeah. And so uh, kind of moving on from this part, uh, I kind of want to ask this question as well. Um, you know, it, it's a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself. And so if you need me to repeat anything here, um, Paul, just let me know, of course, um, what we've been discussing throughout the podcast and, and where we're at now have been the pillars of business, right? And um, there's typically five, but we use three more predominantly uh, in the fitness and gym industry. And that's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, of course, your client acquisition, which is your sales. So converting them from being interested to being an actual buying, paying client. And then you have your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. Um, so of those three, Paul, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Well, I would say getting them in the door, um, converting them. I, I have high confidence um, in, in all of my coaches and myself into converting them and to keeping them. Um, we are, uh, we're very attentive. You know, um, they're, you know, some of the, the best coaches, um, you know, in the area that I'm working with. Um, for me, it's getting them in the doors where I need to uh, improve. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And here's what I will say here, Paul. I just want to say, I appreciate the honesty and transparency with that answer. So the fact that you dove right into it was, was honest right from the, the right off the bat. I think, uh, you know, cause we use this podcast is to focus on the good, but when you can go ahead and, and transparently answer like, Hey, I can improve here. Um, I think it's an eye opener for all the viewers and all the listeners. Cause there's some folks who have 30 clients and think they're on top of the world, you know, but um, knowing that you can improve, cause it's not about that you can improve. I think everybody can improve everywhere. I think, even on this podcast, I've been doing it for years and I still think I could improve every day. So it's like, how else can we? And I think um, when you can be honest there and say that, I think I appreciate the viewers appreciate it. I think again, an eye opener for everybody. So thank you for that. And so last two questions for you here, Paul, my two favorite questions in itself, um, you know, being that you just started, you know, not to jump to conclusions, not to jump to the, the end here, but what's, uh, what's the bigger picture? What's the long-term goal look like? Um. Long-term goal, I uh, I'd like to I'd like to get a bigger place. I'd like to get uh, you know uh, more members. It's all going to depend on how I fill this one, um, you know. But uh, I, I'm also I'm a full-time firefighter, so um, so uh, I'm looking at retirement in a little less than nine years, and um, and so I'm hoping that uh, once I retire, that I maybe have another five, 10 years of running a business and then, then, you know, pass it on to someone else. I love that. I love that. I did not know you were a firefighter. I wish you mentioned that in the beginning. I would have shouted that out from the beginning. I love that. Um, that's awesome, man. You got to add your little superhero there as well, man. Cause you're <laughs> doing a little bit of everything. So that's awesome. But yeah, I know that. I mean, look, it's a great goal. I mean, I, again, you just started two weeks ago, so I don't want to jump all the way to there. And I know it's kind of probably not the top, the top of mind right now, but I, I can appreciate you sharing that as well. And so uh, one last question for you here. And, uh, you know, again, kind of a weird question to ask me that you just started, but I still am curious to see what you're going to say. Um, you know, Paul, if you could go back in time to when you first started the gym, right, two weeks ago, or even you had a month prior before starting or when you considered opening up, what is that one piece of advice that you think you would tell yourself from where you're at now, right? And, and the things you know now, what would you give yourself as advice uh, at that time to be like, hey, definitely do this or learn this or whatever it may be, what would that advice be for yourself? Um, get all your ducks in a row. Make sure that, um, 
like I ran into problems with the name. My, uh, I chose the name Iron Vault. It was approved by CrossFit, but I didn't look and see that it was trademarked. And so um, five days before I was opening, I got a letter saying um, that you cannot use that name. So then I had to start redoing everything, which is quite a process. Lost a couple thousand dollars worth of uh, merchandise and other things. So it, um, so what I would say is make sure that you're, you know, um, the stuff you're not good at, ask someone, ask the, ask a lawyer about, um, things, research, uh, things, uh, cause I never considered looking up to see if uh, there was a patent on a name, you know, it, yeah, I, thought no, it was, truly. I thought it was a common name. So, so that would be the biggest thing. And then the other thing is always remember why you're doing it and, you know, my wife reminds me all the time when I feel down about it or when, when I'm overwhelmed, she's like, this is what you love doing. This is what you're doing. You know, um, you know, either snap out of it or, you know, take a break and then get back to it. And that's what I do. Paul, that was a mic drop of an answer, man. Way to close it out there. Holy cow. I mean, just the invoking the emotion and just the truth. I mean, Way to close it out there, Paul. Thank you for that. And you got to thank your wife for that one too because I know she, she keeps you sane there. I love that. So, Paul, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. Before we sign out, please shout out your Instagram, Facebook, website, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? So, uh, steelvaultcrossfit.com. Uh, that's my website. Instagram is steelvaultcrossfit. Um, same thing with uh, uh, Facebook. Um, yeah, you can look us up. We're in Westfield, Mass. And, uh, you know, you can always stop in for a free class. There we go. There you go. Awesome. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of The Garage on Main in Murray, Kentucky, Mr. Dan Otterson. Thanks for being with us today. Not a problem, buddy. Glad to be here. This is exciting. Let's jump into it. 
right off the top, just tell us what the garage on main is all about. So the garage on main uh, was basically a, a, a big labor of love for me. We started about a year ago. We are a um, private, semi-private one-on-one training facility right here in Murray, Kentucky. And we work with all ages and uh, demographics as far as training. We've got everybody from what we call our junior athletes from, you know, junior high and high school level all the way up to seniors. And we've got trainers here that are on staff that are phenomenal working with a wide range of, of anybody that wants to get in shape, get fit and really start their fitness journey or even pick it up after years of kind of being away from it for a while. All right. We're going to dig into exactly how you're executing that, but we got to give frame of reference to our listeners. So throw it back. Give me some backstory, some history, how you ended up here. Bet. So um, I've been a personal trainer for going on five years now. And when I originally started, I was, I was very fortunate to get into a big box gym where a lot of trainers start out and um, you know, gave me, it gave me an area to grow, to learn, to, to build my client roster but the one thing I noticed working in a big box environment was, you know, one of two things. You have clients who, even if it's real or not, they're intimidated to walk into a big box facility. They're intimidated by crowds or, you know, whatever it is they make up in their mind. So sometimes you don't even get those people to come in to train in a big box facility. And the other thing we noticed is being in a college town, there was a lot of times where certain hours of the day, your gym is pretty bottlenecked. So you write a, a, a training program for a client and you show up and there's 200 people in your big box gym and all your equipment's being used and you're sitting there looking around trying to scramble to come up with something on the fly. And we thought, how could we do this better? So instead of offering a commercial gym environment to our clients, we thought, let's build an intimate facility where it can be one-on-one with, your, with just you, your trainer, a private environment. We still brought all the bells and whistles in terms of our fitness equipment and everything that we brought in. And we were very fortunate to, to build this place and our clients have loved it and thrived ever since we've been open. All right. All right. So I need another layer to this story here though. You haven't just been a personal trainer for a long time. You have this other little semi-demanding career that you do, right? I do. So depending on where people feel about it these days, um, I'm still a, I'm a full-time police officer for the city of Murray. So I've been very blessed to be a law enforcement officer in my area. Uh, if anybody is listening and doesn't support that, you can just tune out. It's cool. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, um, you know, on top of that, I'm actually in the Kentucky National Guard as well. So I'm soldier, cop, gym owner. So, yeah, I've got a lot of hats that I wear. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those things where for me, you know, I, I posted on social media. Seven years ago, I was not the, the fit trainer athlete. I was the last person you were coming to for advice on how to get in shape. If you wanted to find out how to eat a donut real fast, maybe you'd come talk to me, but Hey, way um, to keep the stereotype alive, man. Someone's going to do it. Look, you know what? If you don't like donuts, I don't care. Cop or not donuts are delicious. I, um, I, but no, I agree. but I got to a point where for me, you know, that's why I connect as well with our clients as I do. in a lot of times is because I've been where they've been. I've walked in those shoes where sometimes you don't know where to start or you don't know who to turn to. You don't know who to trust and you're scared of a bigger environment to, to learn and to grow and potentially to fail. So that was our biggest thing was, you know, everybody in my community has seen me go from this sort of portly overweight cop to this fit cop now. And so it sort of lended credence to they've seen my transformation people in my gym that when I was training, they saw my transformation to become a trainer and to be successful at it. So it all just sort of blended together to really 
be in the community that I love and serve every day as a law enforcement officer, but be able to serve people at a, on a fitness level as well and, you know, get everybody in shape that wants to go down that journey. So you protect the, con- the country, you protect your community, and you serve the community with fitness. So you're just an all-around terrible human being who doesn't care about anybody but yourself. You know, there's, there's me, there's Tim Kennedy, and there's Dan Crenshaw. We're all just horrible individuals trying to protect the country and, you know, push out the red, white, and blue, I guess you could say. Yeah. Okay. So you decide you're going to open the business. What are some of the, what were some of the things? Cause it's been about a year now, right? Yes. What were some of the things that you can, you considered in, in doing it as far as space, location type of building? I mean, you ended up in a literal former garage automotive repair shop. So what were some of the logistics from you? I know that you had a trainer on board with you from get go, but like, what were some of the things that fell into place where you're like, this is the right time. This is the right place. Like what were the big milestones for you there? So it's funny you ask that. So you're like, this I all really, happened by accident. I don't know. It, it, no joke. I'm not, I blame Mexican food and here's my backstory on this. Okay. So I really, that was the key to your weight loss was Mexican food. Got it. Listen, white queso cheese and lots of chicken. It's the key. All right. It's what gets me Arnold C bum. We all use it. Um, no, so no joke. I was actually pretty content at the big box gym that I was working at. You know, like I said, we were still, we were running into issues as far as crowding and spacing and things like that, but I wasn't, I wasn't overly all upset. Well, anyway, I'm out at dinner one night and I'm out and I pay for dinner and my father looks at me and He's like, this dinner's kind of expensive. I was like, yeah, I got it. And he sees that it was my, my business card that I used. And he was, I think he thought I was personal training just for fun. Like, I didn't think he knew I made money. So he was like, do you make money? I was like, yes, I make money. And he was like, do you mind if I ask how much? And I, I told him, but I said, you know, I got to give 50% of that to the house. And he was like, no, it's done. I said, what do you mean? And he's like, we're going to find a place. And I was like, dude, I just want my chips and queso. Like, I don't really want to start a business right now. No joke. 72 hours later, my mother, who's a real estate agent, has five buildings in our community printed out and sitting on my kitchen table when I come home. And they're like, pick one, but we're going to, we got to do this. Like you have the drive, you have the knowledge, you have the motivation, you have the client base. Let's go. So we start looking. And if you've been to Murray, um, you know, it's just like any other commercial area right now. Commercial property is super high. A lot of times there's a lot of renovations that have to be done, but I wanted it to be something unique. I didn't want to just another snap or a crunch or a LA fitness, no disrespect to any of them. I love them all when I travel, but I wanted it to be something that was unique. And we found this old auto garage that was still actually functioning at the time. And the owner was looking to sell and he was an older individual. So we went and checked it out. And I fell in love with the place. I knew it was going to be a ton of work. And because it had been around since the 40s, changed hands a couple of times. But we, we looked at each other and we're like, you know, can we do this? And we're like, yeah, let's, let's just go. So really, I've never ran a business or never owned a business before. And we just jumped in. So we bought the business, started renovations, went through eight layers of paint in all the bays, and stripping it all out and redoing the floors, bringing in equipment and bringing in equipment during COVID is no joke. Let me tell you, there were, there were some logistical nightmares with that, but you know, we were very fortunate. We had friends and family and people who saw the vision and really contributed their time and their energy to help us. And some of them were contractors. Some of them were just friends that were there to turn a wrench or swing a hammer. 
And the whole community really came behind it because they knew I had a vision not to just make money, but to truly impact people in our community. And we've been very fortunate. We, from the day we purchased the building to the day that we opened was 31 days exactly. Wow. That's, that's a good turnaround, man. So yeah, there's, you had some, some help and some hands there. So something I don't want to get lost in this because it's, it's still very unique is you just bought a building. Mm -hmm. You didn't go rent. You didn't go dip your toes in the water. You didn't go rent space from someone else. You just dove in, right? I know those, the chips and queso must've been real spicy that night because extra, here we go. Extra spicy that night. Yes. So what factored in for you buying versus renting, especially when this is like a brand new business? So the big thing for us was looking at point of execution. The one thing that scared me is if I'm going to rent a building, I knew I was going to have to renovate any building that was in our area. And I thought to myself, okay, if I renovate a building and I'm putting down turf and I'm redoing walls and I'm putting down mats and I'm bringing in heavy equipment, there's a risk of damage to a building. I may just get a property owner that one day sells the property or wants somebody that's going to pay more money and rent to come in. And they're just going to say, Hey, you're out. And then I've got to scramble and find another place and move commercial grade gym equipment, which is not light by any means and hope for lightning in a bottle again to find another spot. So I thought, you know what, if we own it, everything building wise, equipment wise, everything is ours. We have it. So worst case, this flops, we can turn around, we can sell the property, at least recover the money back. Because with the property, you know, property world being what it is right now, if we renovate the ugliest building on one of the better blocks, we make it look beautiful, we're going to turn a profit. So I thought there's really no risk in this other than the business doesn't fly. But we've been very fortunate in the fact of owning the real estate, improving the quality of the real estate, and then bringing in a quality product in terms of how we approach fitness and personal training for our clients. It's really been win-win ever since. And disclaimer, consult your tax professional, your lawyer, your, I don't whoever, your psychic, whatever it is. There's some tax benefits to this too, above and beyond all that, right? You're, and oh. you're gaining equity. So there's some other things that also factor in. So it, it's well, not just like, yeah, this is, this is pretty good and we can flip it if we need to. The other side of that is we expect this to work and this is going to be the most beneficial from a financial standpoint. Absolutely. And I tell my friends all the time, you know, being a small business owner in America, there's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of advantages to that. And it's not hard to start as a sole proprietorship or an LLC. Really, it took me a phone call to my CPA and a day of paying filing fees and her doing my paperwork. And I had a business license. So, and there's so many tax advantages that come along with that that I tell my friends all the time, if you've got an, a hobby or an interest, you don't have to go as big as I did and buy a brick and mortar location, but go ahead and start a business, sell a product, sell a service, utilize those tax advantages that are there for you and reap the benefits of that. You're not doing something wrong. You're not doing anything illegal. You're utilizing the tax code and the business opportunities that are there for you to, to benefit yourself and your family. I, I consult with my CPA all the time on every decision I've ever made before I do it. I'm not one of those guys that is super savvy, like as far as the tax codes and certain things like that. I'm not the next Grant Cardone or somebody like that, um, that I can do. I'm going to go buy a G4 to get out of property taxes for the next decade. Yeah. But 
you know, it's, it's amazing to me how many people, they kind of knock business owners when they see certain purchases that they make or certain things that they do. But now being on the other side of the coin and being a business owner, you understand why certain purchases are made. You understand why certain moves are made because there are benefits to, to being a business owner and, you know, reaping those and understanding those benefits yourself and business benefits your business. It benefits your clients. So knock yourself out and go do it. Absolutely. Did you sit down and come up with as close as you can estimate before opening the doors, a number of like, this is what my total expenses are going to be every month going into this place, what your fixed costs were going to be. Did you have that pretty solidly nailed down before you signed contract for the building? We did. We knew obviously going in, we were able to kind of estimate what the, what the mortgage was going to be on the building. And then obviously, you know, being here in town, I was able to see what utilities ran on the building. Other than that, since we bought everything outright, we bought all of our equipment. We didn't rent anything. We, you know, the fixed costs every month are literally mortgage every month, utilities every month, and then putting money back for insurance and taxes every quarter. It's really it. I mean, that was really all we, we needed to do. The big thing that you shook I the heck out of that piggy bank, huh? I mean, you had to. You know, if you're going to do it, do, I always say, if you're going to do something, do it right the first time because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. And if you're going to do something and you're going to go just raid the Walmart fitness aisle, you know, you can't charge premium dollars for an unpremium product. You just can't do that. So we were really smart in looking at the equipment that we brought in. We were really smart in the layout of the facility. The the environment of the facility. That was a big thing is we went to so many other gyms, commercial and boutique. And we, the big thing we always saw was what retains your client, not only is if you can give them success, but it's the environment that you build and it's the facility. If you just have four walls and equipment, that's great. And it very, it very may work for some people, but if you can really build an environment where people are part of something and they're proud to be a part of that, whatever that is, they're going to keep coming back. They're going to tell their friends. They're going to tell their family because it's, it's a sense of ownership. It's a sense of belonging to be part of something. And that's really what we wanted to focus on was not just putting up four walls and throwing weight equipment in there. We wanted to really build an environment and an ambiance for everything. And once we knew what our fixed costs were going to be, it just came down to making a, a, a really cool place for people to work out, be positive and, and have true support. Awesome. You had an established client base with the, the big box where you were training before you came in and your other trainer that came with you did. Yes. So without getting too deep into that, I have two part question. One, was there any type of, uh, any type of issue with your separation, whose clients are whose and to the, if you don't, if you don't want to go into that, you can't, but the other part of that is, were you at least close to what your, your number was monthly with the clients you already established when you, when you opened doors? Right. So yeah, I know where you're going with this. So, okay. So I'm not going to touch on me and the ownership. We, there was, That's an amicable, there was an amicable division. We'll just leave it at that. Um, we gave every client when I left, we gave my entire client roster the opportunity to come with me or we did give them the opportunity to stay at the big box gym. They had trainers there that were on staff. We gave them the opportunity to train with those trainers that were there. We were very blessed that I can say the majority, if not all followed. Um, and we, you know, we were very proud of that. So that was one thing that when we did open up a shop, 
I wanted to make sure that them making that investment and banking on me to go to a private facility was worth it for them. So, you know, they, those were people that, again, I've connected with on a very personal level and really been there in a way that a lot of trainers aren't. And that's one thing that I'm never going to knock another trainer unless you're going to injure somebody. But a lot of trainers, the bigger they get, they get that weekly check-in, maybe see their client one or two times a week in person, and that's that. I've got clients, and I tell them all the time, if you got a question about food, message me. If you're on a bad day, message me. If you need motivation, message me. My clients aren't just my clients. They're people I genuinely care about. So when you invest in somebody in that level, and you truly want them to succeed, even after they're no longer clients of yours, those are people that, you know, they that reciprocates. And they, they follow you and invest in your dreams and want to stay with somebody that motivates them just as much. Got it. So you probably had a good idea who would follow, who might be iffy, because there's convenience, there's other things, but. Oh, absolutely. Were you, you, were you close? Were you in the ballpark for, for where you needed to be pretty quickly? We were profitable day. We were profitable day one. Okay. That's fair. I'll, I'll take that. That's more of an answer than, than I might usually get. The follow-up to that was going to be, well, one thing, so I'm going to, let me save that for a second. One thing that you said that I don't want people to miss is you said, when people are no longer your clients, and I don't know who I stole this from, but I think it's something that we don't give enough credit to is loving, you know, he said, you got to love people as much or more on the way out as on the way in. Absolutely. So if you don't do that, a lot of other shit, it says a lot about you and will tell a lot about the future of your business. So I appreciate you giving some credit to that and, and knowing that that's something you need to do. You have to, because if you're only in it for the money, that will show. So if the minute a client comes to you and says, I can no longer afford you, or I no longer want to pay. If you're just like deuces, I never want to see you again, bye. You never cared. You never cared about their progress. You never showcased them for their, for their progress. You never wanted to see them grow. You wanted an ego boost for yourself. For me, I'm of the mindset, I want to teach my clients to be able to go on vacations and be able to run their own training program and take care of themselves. I want them to be able to go out and have a good establishment, and a good relationship with food and understand how to handle their nutrition on their own, be able to, to move off and go into a gym on their own and identify what pieces of equipment they need to use, how to write a proper program, how to how to cycle their training properly throughout the year, not just stick to, to state machines that they know how to use. That's what's the telltale sign of a good, a good trainer and a good leader. You know, we, with me being in the military, sadly, we had a, a soldier pass away um, about a year ago. And we always said, you know, the, the sign of a true leader is the legacy that lives on after you. And if you have a bad legacy of clients that follow after you and they're not capable of taking care of themselves, you didn't teach them anything. You kept them on a hook and you took money from them as long as you could. And then once they left, you didn't care anymore. And I'm not that person. I genuinely want to see all of my clients not only succeed under my care, but even after. Yeah. I think the, for me, the mark of a, of a successful training relationship is you take somebody who does need you and trains with you because they need you. They need your guidance. They need that. Get them to a point where they don't but they still want to be there anyway. Exactly. And it's like, whew, that, that hits hard. But the other part of what we were talking about as far as, you know, profitability and things like that was 
so many people let themselves, and I don't even know who started this, but I get people that tell me all the time on the air, off the air, like, oh, you know, I gave myself, you know, most businesses aren't profitable for the first five years. So I gave myself this, this runway and all this stuff. And I'm like, it sounds like you're just giving yourself an excuse. Yeah. So did you have any idea when you started, like, I'm glad that you started off at, you know, break even profitable a little bit. It doesn't matter how much, I, I don't really care how much you put in your pocket, but did you give yourself any leeway? Like, Hey, this needs to be at a certain point within six months, a year, two years, or else, you know, we're going to start looking in a different direction. Or did you just say, this is going to work. We're going to make it work. I'm going to brute force and whatever I have to do to get this going. I, I think for me, the biggest thing was, I think there's a little bit of a safety net in already having a full-time job. I think a lot of time when you have a, when you're a business owner or you're starting a business for the first time and you have no safety net, you, you say, Hey, it's gotta be profitable by six months, a year. I've got to feed my family. I've got to pay my bills. My bills were already being paid. So for me, this was, this was a hobby that became an obsession that became a, a secondary source of revenue, you know, and that's one thing that for me, I wanted to make sure that yeah, I want to make sure I was profitable. I wanted to bring in money, but I wanted to make sure that my trainers that came in underneath me were absolutely profitable. And that's the biggest thing for me was, you know, I look at a lot of gyms, the profit splits that they have. I understand trainers are using your house to make money and that's great. But a lot of times, you know, it's like Vegas, the house always wins. And for here, I was like, you know what? As long as the bills are paid, we're taken care of, the equipment's taken care of, the clients are happy. Let's make sure the people that are making that happen, let's make sure they're profitable. Let's make sure they're making money and are you're not freaking out. Because I mean, you understand owning gyms, there's trainers sometimes that they struggle. You know, they really do. And I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted my trainers to know we can come in here. And as long as you work hard, you're authentic, you build a, you build a client roster, you're going to do well. And so far, so good. We've, we've had that. Awesome, man. So a lot of things have gone really well and you've been, you've been very humble about it. And, and I think um, very grateful for the way the trajectory, the trajectory that you've been on has, has there been anything, and it doesn't even have to be something that didn't go well, but has there any thing that's been a big surprise, expectations versus reality? Maybe something that you enjoy way more about being a business owner that you didn't realize, or just something that's different going from trainer to business owner that you weren't able to predict? So the one, okay, so two things. One, I think the one thing we completely missed when we first opened the doors was how many people genuinely would would pay and be excited about training in a private environment that I, I completely misread that I was just looking at trainer client how many how many how many clients can we get in how many are going to be happy to lift I didn't think of the if you gave people the option of training in a meat market gym like a golds or an LA fitness or anything else or they're going to pay a, a, a premium amount to train in a in a quiet environment or just a one-on-one -on -one environment where they have full access to everything. There's no way, there's no lines, there's no nothing else. People will pay for that. So we, we totally misread that one uh, to our, to our advantage. I will say that much. The one thing about being a business owner, you're going to laugh. And I quote this all the time is, so I'm thinking about Karate Kid 3, which now I love that Cobra Kai bought him back, but Terry Silver, the bad guy from Karate Kid 3, there's a line that he says in there. And I, I think it's always so funny that I'm quoting a bad guy. But he says, if you're blessed enough to get 
you give. And for me, that's been the biggest thing about being a business owner. So many business owners are focused on themselves, focused on being profitable, focused on just taking the money in. I want to bring the money in, but I also want the money to go out. I want the money to go into my community. I want there to be a positive impact on what we're able to do in our community. We live in a small town. So when I have people come to me and have a genuine cause or have a genuine thing that they're trying to do, if we're profitable enough and we're in a position where we can help others succeed, even if it's outside of the fitness realm, that's been the biggest thing that I didn't see initially, but it's been the biggest blessing going from there is really the philanthropy side of things that we've been able to do. And every quarter we do some sort of a fitness challenge with the garage, whether you're a member, not a member, doesn't matter. We just want to get people moving, get people training, get people, give them a cause to get off the couch and exercise to some degree. And that's been the coolest thing about seeing our community come together and do different events and go, travel with us to different places and do different things. It's really impacting the community in a true with, with a true heart, not just doing it for a tax purpose, but doing it with the idea of true change and true impact. That's been the best part for me and anybody that works for me is we love every minute of that. Awesome, man. I love hearing that. So the, the other part of that that I heard was it sounds like maybe you might be thinking about a bigger or second location. Is that, or are you just going to, you're just going to, cap it out and say, we're not helping anybody else. No, 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 no. I don't, I don't like capping out. I, anybody that knows me knows it's like, let's get into one realm. Let's do well in it. And then let's, let's blow up to something else. Um, we've got some irons in the fire. One thing that I would like to do is I would like to look at adding a, an addition to our facility, which would be a, I guess a semi-commercial environment, you would call it. Um, I still want to offer it to, for people to come in and be able to train on their own, especially our clients who enjoy the private atmosphere or a smaller crowd atmosphere. We'd like to do an addition onto our facility where we still bring in the same level of quality fitness equipment and have the same opportunities for them, same dope environment that's just banging music, awesome environment, cool place to train, but you're not dealing with 100, 150 people and all the time. So that's been our big, our, our biggest thing that we focus on going into fourth quarter of this year, probably first quarter of the next year is looking at some sort of an addition to that. Um, I've also been really lucky. One of my clients who is now a training partner of mine, uh, he's kind of, kind of graduated to that because now I'm in triathlons. That's my new obsession for the year. He's oh boy, one of those. Oh, I love it, bud. Love it. Um, but he's getting ready to move and he's talked to me and he's like, Hey, what would you think about opening up a second garage somewhere else? And my biggest thing is, it was funny, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day, I was the owner of F60, and he was talking about his journey about expanding F60. And he said, do one thing, but do it right. And that's what I want to do. If we do expand and we do open a second facility or a third facility, I don't want it just to be, I own commercial real estate and I slap a gym somewhere. If I'm going to move to a different environment, if I'm going to go to a different market, I want to find people that are like-minded. I want to find people that are business-minded and understand the ups and the downs and the pros and the cons of business, but truly care about their community, about their clients, and really want to see them succeed because authenticity always wins. So, I mean, as long as you're authentic and you show people that you can be authentic with them, be vulnerable, be open, and be with them on that journey – you're, you're going to be profitable. You're going to be genuine and your clients are going to be excited to show up there. So it's a win-win for everybody at that point. Awesome, man. 
that's uh I love hearing that you know you didn't just do it and you're like all right this is cool and I feel like we don't have a lot of time left but you got the the law enforcement career you got the military career and eventually maybe you'll retire from those but this sounds like it'll be something that you're going to do until they until they push your wheelchair out and don't let you back in Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. Like I said, I've been very blessed to to do this and to impact my community, impact people that I've trained with, uh, impact soldiers and police officers that I, that I deal with in my unit and at my police department. So it's one of those things where fitness, being somebody who was formerly overweight, being somebody that struggled, being somebody that went through so many different bouts of you know, quick crash diets and pills and wraps and drinks that's so unhealthy in this social media market that we live in. It's, I wanted to bring authenticity into a world that sometimes isn't authentic. And when you're able to do that and you're able to help people grow and build consistency in their life, it's a win-win for everybody. And I'm going to do it until I can't do it anymore. Awesome. Any parting words, any, uh, any wisdom, any lessons about your first year in self-employed uh, business ownership in the gym world before we let you go? I'll say this to anybody that gets into personal training, um, put your clients first. As long as you put your clients first and yourself second, check your ego. You're going to be successful. As far as you know, being a business owner, don't be afraid to take a risk. You know, there's a lot of people that they, they need that security. They need that, um, that protection around them at all times. You only get one turn on this rock. So if you're going to do it, jump, don't be afraid to fail and, and go after something. If it's truly a passion, it's truly something that you want to do, go for it. At the end of the day, there's been a lot of people that have been more successful than me that have jumped a bunch of times, have failed, and they finally found that one time that they could jump and they just knocked it out of the park. So believe in yourself. As long as you believe in yourself, surround yourself with people that believe in you and, and go for it. Awesome, man. All right. Dan Otterson, Garage on Main, Murray, Kentucky. The Garage on Main on Facebook, Garage on Main on Twitter, Garage on Main on Instagram. Anywhere else our listeners can find you? That's it. I don't think we've ever posted to Twitter, so don't find me there because it's pretty inactive. Um, All right. But Facebook, Facebook's where we're very active. Instagram, so, so much. Um, but yeah, we, we love to hear from people. We love to interact with people all the time. So if you're on there, follow us, hit us up. If you're in Murray, swing on by. We'd love to meet you, get you some merch, get you a hat, shirt, something like that, and uh, go from there. All right, sir. I appreciate you being on with us, taking some time out of your day, and I wish you continued success. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And as always, as we wrap up, we appreciate you guys out there listening. Hope you found value, education, a little bit of entertainment today. You want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll harass you every day when we drop new episodes. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.